This next episode <laughs> is called Desertion of the Dinobots. But two, but the Autopod Decepticast, your bi-weekly podcast that delivers an episode-by-episode breakdown of the original G1 series. This is your APDC episode number 144, and today we're covering episode 38, Desertion of the Dinobots, part two. This is your host, Aaron, and with me are my fabulous co-hosts. First, I'd like to introduce the man who did not draw first blood, Mr. Caleb Carter. Hello, how you doing? (laughs) Second, of course, a man who unflinchingly faces corny 80s white boys rap battles. Ryan Top That Jet. Uh, did you watch that little? Did you watch Top That? Nope, I don't know what you're talking about. You sure didn't. And I uh, hope everybody had a safe Christmas. What the fuck did you guys do for Christmas? I stayed home, opened gifts, played with my children. My uh, son got an Xbox, and my other son got a Switch. So there is oh, video funny. games Why did I in the think, house. I thought you were going to say Switchblade for some reason. <laughs> yeah, got a Switchblade. I got a ring. I installed a ring. The oh, doorbell I saw the device. This yeah, the doorbell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw the video of your son acting. Bro oh, sells, yeah. bro sells, hamming it up, and I and all the neighborhood kids are now running up, ringing the doorbell, looking in the camera, and running away. Delightful. That's yeah. not terrifying. Yeah, it's not terrifying at all. It really. would be for it's me. Just annoying. Yeah, but things outside, the outside scares you. The specific reason I don't have a security system is I don't want to know what happens out there. Like, I, I feel that I'm secure enough, like, nobody's going to be able to easily break in, which is why I have, like, 150-watt equivalent bulbs in the front and the back blazing at night, like a football stadium, because it I, makes it uninviting. I, I think if they broke into your house, they'd immediately be like, oh, my God, and run back out. It's good. It's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> but I know that I would watch security footage and see something weird, and then it would it would it would traumatize me yeah. to thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that was my Christmas. That's cool. You got the new Xbox, like the new new thing, like yes. the newest gen. I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Your kid's gonna go to school, and he's gonna be like, "I got an Xbox," and they're gonna be like, "The Xbox Five," and he's like. It's just one. He, he I think knows, I got. I think I have He Halo. knows what it is. I don't. I don't know. It's the first video game consoles they've ever received. Well, good for them. The Switch is fun. What games did you get? Uh, Super Smash Brothers. Oh, that's people love that. Mm-hmm. Never played. Yeah, I, I enjoy. It's really fun. Not a fan. And the, uh, <laughs> Never played. <laughs> not a fan. <laughs> uh, and then uh, there's some Star Wars game on the Xbox that. Uh, the old that bro sells is playing, which is actually really fun to watch. Hmm. Star Wars video games have come a long way. I I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Turns out <laughs> it was interesting. It's come a long way from Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Yeah, yeah. No, I could get it's not Roma- just text based battling. That's, I never thought about that. I should get the newest version of Romance of the Three Kingdoms. It's I'm probably sure there is one. It's probably too advanced for you. You won't like the. No, you're right. Graphics. No, you're right. I like I like the old original one. I do like the original. On the one. Switch, you may be able to get the old original one. Interesting. Okay. All right, look it up, Ryan. What did you do? Uh, 
West and I had a, a, a suckling duck meal. It, it looked golden and delicious. It looked like a peak. No, it wasn't red enough for a Peking duck. It but. wasn't a Peking duck. It was a Cantonese style duck, which is mm. similar in early prep, but not the same in execution, uh, which Peking duck's very hard to do at home. But we did that. We watched movies. Like I said just a little bit ago, we watched Batman Returns, which mm-hmm. is a Christmas movie. And we watched Nightmare Before Christmas and a bunch of other stuff and I had some booze. Sounds delightful. What yeah. is West's drink of choice? She actually doesn't drink right now. She hasn't drank for about two years. Water. She likes water. She likes sparkling mineral water specifically. Does that contribute to her being fit as fuck? I mean, I assume working out does as well. You've been looking at her? <laughs> I just know that she works out a lot. Yeah. She's no, in good shape. <laughs> she she like she just does not enjoy drinking alcohol anymore. I wish I could get there. Yeah. After I, after, after watching Ryan for a few years, yeah, she's you might decided be turned not to drink anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I I considered dialing it back because I've just been feeling inflamed a lot lately. It is yeah. inflammatory. Yes, I, it is. Have, I have as well. Uh, I've chosen trying to mitigate everything else except my alcohol intake to take care of it. And, and, and with I that, might have a and, problem. And with that, what's the drink for this episode? <laughs> well, before we <laughs> that is it. I will say I also did the 23andMe thing. Oh, okay. Uh, what, tell us about your uh, findings. For like a half price. I'm sure you'll be shocked. I'm 99.4% European. Yeah. Any, what <laughs> How kind deep of re- does it get into that? What kind of regions are we talking about? I mean, there's lots of actual ethnicities in Europe. Like, Irish culture is actually, like, three different ethnicities. uh, Well, it's just basically, like, regions. Like, British is one of the main ones. The other one that I found interesting was um, 25% Polish. That's, you know. Like, there was a very heavy concentration in Poland in the last several hundred years, from, like, hundred years of years ago. Do you think you uh, might be Jewish? No, I'm zero per. Well, at least I'm zero percent Ashkenazi Jew. Okay, so yeah, zero uh, percent yeah, Asian, zero percent African, um, just white, just general white guys all the way down. Mm-hmm. Any any surprises? No. Okay, I don't recommend it if you are a person like me. It was just a cheap price, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I think I, it's I'd like to do it. I'd like to do it. Yeah, my my fa- some of my family's done similar stuff, and it, it's it's usually like uh, British. And then also there is some Spanish, Northern French, Frank, and um, some Scandinavian. And what that means is, is there's like probably like Viking mm-hmm. ancestry in there, Danish ancestry, because they invaded and took over a lot of those places and spread their seed. Oh, that was another thing. I'm zero percent uh, Native American, which means my maternal grandmother was just a fucking liar. They're all fucking liars. I, Why true. do all grandmas insist there's Native American? First Nation blood in our veins. Because we can't let anybody have anything of their own. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, she was a chronic liar about a lot of things. She was not. But there's person. the same thing in my family. My family always spread this myth that my mom is like a 32nd, but we just can't prove it because we don't have the paperwork. You can't prove it because you're fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah, this did not happen. My, my cousin Belinda did a, uh, who would theoretically be the exact same genetic amount of First Nation blood as me, and there's zip. Zippo yep. from her. So, yeah. On the bonus, cool. now I can make Polish jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was Askenosi, was that the prevalent? <laughs> Askenosi, that's a chocolate that's made here. 
Eskenazi, not Eskenosi. <laughs> no, I'm going with the chocolate. Uh, go for it. I was a chocolate-related question. <laughs> I was always going to ask what your favorite dark blend was of, of cacao beans. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> Eskenazi. Eskenazi. Was that a prevalent uh, ethnicity in uh, Polish, or were those Jews yes. non-ethnic yes. Jews? Yes. Your Eastern European uh, Jews are generally Eskenazi. Gotcha. Okay, good to know. All right. Should we do Let's, some presents? Well, I didn't bring them. Well, I, I thought give, we were all I, getting together. I will, it was like a thing. I will gladly take your gifts. All right, me. yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. I already gave my gifts to you guys. It's true. We uh, On the next episode, uh, <laughs> I haven't opened your gift yet because I was saving it. I'll be using Open it up, dude. Open it up today right. when you I'll get home. I'll be using the glasses that Caleb got me on the next yeah. episode. Uh, oh, so... This drone I got, who wants it? Because I'm not going to use it. Yeah, that, t- that little ass drone? Yeah. I guess give me it. Give it to Aaron. Yeah, well, it's it. just, it's again a 3D printer situation where I'm like, this takes me too long to learn. It's just hand eye coordination, right? So there's one Okay, gift. now I have a drone. Yep. Thank you, Ryan. Ooh, Ooh this one's wrapped. You wrapped though. it. <laughs> Caleb's is in a bag. Oh, wait, no, that's, that's Melody. Mine's in a box too, asshole. Okay, my bad. Oh, it's so heavy. Oh, I, this is going to be a bunch of jars. I should, know it is. Should we unwrap this while you space bridge us a cocktail? Sure, I'll make a cocktail. Well, now I'm mad I didn't bring my gifts. I intentionally didn't bring them. So we got uh, some pickles. And the pickles! Are these dill pickles or bread and butter? They're dill. And we got some dill tomatoes. Interesting. Like that, like that. Oh. I love oh. Jet's pickles. Oh, Oh, Ryan, you just got, oh, Ryan, Ryan got me a bottle of Lafroig single, uh, Isla single malt scotch whiskey. Oh, Ryan, this is awesome. I'm glad you like it. I love scotch. <laughs> scotch, scotch, scotch. And uh, Ryan beans. apparently didn't hear me talk about my inflammation issues, but I, I have a bottle of small batch, 92 proof, weeded. Bourbon, oh. Mashbill, Larceny brand, John E. Fitzgerald. I don't know why they are using the famous author. Read the back of it. I love the story. Ryan, thank you for the... Oh, yeah, read the... St- sorry. Ryan, read the story. I mean, Aaron, read the story. I'm all distracted by my scotch. Oh. Uh, Larceny small batch, weeded bourbon, Mashbill. John E. Fitzgerald's weakness was fine bourbon. As a treasury agent who was at the time the only person legally allowed to carry keys to the rick houses, he gave in to temptation, freely taking from the best barrels in each rick house. Those that contained weeded bourbon, which is bourbon made with wheat instead of the traditional rye, these eventually became known as the around the distillery as the Fitzgerald barrels. Now Larceny bourbon honors both the superb taste of this lawless treasury agent and the legacy of the old Fitzgerald brand. Um, I must be confusing John E. Fitzgerald with uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, (laughs) (laughs) who also, I don't remember if Zelda was a teenager. I just made up that part of the story. You know that F. Scott Fitzgerald was an Askenosi Jew? (laughs) He was a chocolate maker? Yes, he was. (laughs) So this is everything in this box. Okay. Then, Thank you, oh, Ryan. Then I've also got this. this. Hang on. Best. I've got one more one more oh, yeah. thing this, here. This, it's this, an... this is a component of today's drink. I know what I'm drinking tonight. What? Some Lafrag. <laughs> I know you love that. I've heard you bring that. It's very peaty. I like really peaty scotches, and that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a, a, a good 
Lighter fluid scotch. Yeah, it's a popular peaty scotch. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I went a little wild here. I know I've been talking a lot about the YouTube channel How to Drink, and this is at least this first component of this cocktail is from that. I call this the Bomb Blush Cocktail. Uh, so you guys know what bath bombs are. Yes. For, uh, obviously. They're, for anyone who doesn't live on this planet, I guess, they're those like spheres you put in a bath to make it fizz and smell good and be fun. Um, this is that, but drinkable. Like, so these little things are cocktail bombs. Okay. Uh, to make a cocktail bomb, you take seven ounces or 200 grams citric acid, 10.5 ounces or 300 grams of baking soda, 14 ounces, 400 grams of sugar, one and a half ounces or 15 mils of bitters of your choice. I used Angostura. And, um, it's not essential, but it's a good stabilizer, uh, 0.2 ounces or five grams of gum acacia. And then you form them into 35-gram or one-ounce balls and wrap them in wax paper. This makes about 25 of these. They're a little smaller than ping-pong balls. And so what we have here is the cocktail is 2 ounces or 60 mils of gin, 1 ounce of, or 30 mils of unsweetened cranberry juice, and then unwrap that bath bomb, <laughs> the drink bomb, and drop it into your glass. All right, I'm going to do that right now. I added a little absence to them, too, a couple dashes. All right, all right so now they're... It takes a minute for the reaction to start. Especially since they're cold, but oh, it's happening! It's happening. This will, this will, you know, you almost, you almost want an animated like a uh, little thing of this, you know, when you uh, show this off. The interesting thing about this is that I like is like also it'll, the drink will change as this dissolves. Like it'll start out almost bitter, and then at the end, it start as the sugar keeps dissolving, it gets sweeter. How long should we expect the process to take? I mean, you can taste it now. Like it, for it to get about half what dissolved, was, it, was take, it a gin cocktail it, before we even? It was gin in the glass, right? Yeah, two ounces of gin, one ounce of cranberry juice. And then, like about halfway through, I also like to usually uh, add a couple pieces of ice. Um, I garnished it with a rosemary sprig and a cherry, which is festive. And the fun. rosemary sprig smells great. I noticed you've got a giant rosemary shrub in your that house. yeah that uh, tr- that rosemary bush is about fifteen years old. I bought it as a tiny little like Christmas tree style thing from Lowe's. Wow. Um, I assume, is rosemary one of those things you can clip anytime and use? It's not like a thing where it blooms and, and no, becomes... No, it doesn't. It doesn't flower. At least the kind I have doesn't. Yeah, it's big. So, I've so never so even seen a rosemary should, bush like so when that. Should we, when should we start? When should we drink you it? can try it now. Like, again, it'll, like, I like the effervescence of it because the baking soda and, and citric acid reacts and, and just slowly makes it um, carbonated. That's good. I've never had anything like this. Cocktail bomb. So the cocktail bomb was uh, a recipe from how to drink, and then I just made up what to put it in, which is uh, two parts gin, one part cranberry juice. You, you never, You never cease to amaze me with your skills this is a great cocktail thanks i thought it was fun and i guess it could last all episode oh so yeah those you guys part of your presence is i, I wrapped like six of these it's and you can either use them or throw them away i don't care i'm glad you told me what they were because i thought they were like i was gonna try to eat one like, yeah don't uh they also work like non-alcoholically you can just put them in water and yep. they'll flavor the water can i, can I put them in my bath this evening? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's probably going to be sticky because there's sugar in oh, it. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, baby. Hi, <laughs> <Ay>, papi. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, moving on. Shout out to our newest patron, Brian, ah. Brian M., 
who comes to us from the southeast corner of Pennsylvania. This dedicated listener has listened to 110 episodes from April to today-ish, and that's a lot of yes. concentrated APDC that action. Mm-hmm. Almost as concentrated as the flavors of this cocktail bomb. Yes, yes. And but he, not, but not, but not. It's like no. looking in a mirror, only not. Perhaps a funhouse mirror. He's been pretty. He's been that pretty active on, on, yeah, that's on cool. Patreon. I like. I like his. Uh, he's been very, very into it. Awesome. I I love it actually when people are into the Patreon. Uh, Michael has been kind of the king of that, and Robin Commenting, has kind yeah. of get into it a little bit. I'm glad it's like come a little community. Yeah. With the emphasis on cum. Who am oh. I, Ryan? What the fuck is happening? You have a problem <laughs> this, this morning. I don't think that Brian will mind us sharing some facts. He lives in Avondale. Give which... him a, give their, give his address. <laughs> address. Let's dox him. <laughs> Welcome to the family. We're protesting outside your, your house. We're canceled. He lives close to Kennett Square, Pennsylvania, which is the mushroom capital of the world. It has a mushroom festival that brings 100,000 human germs to this town of 6,000. In, in, in addition to having the freshest cream of soup in the game, they also have great Mexican food because the, of the exploited Mexican immigrants the mushroom industry uses as its workforce. Excellent. Just like the chicken industry around here. No comment, but very charming. Uh, more charming than immigrant exploitation is the fact that Brian is a lifelong fan of Transformers G1 uh, all the way, he said. Nice. And his favorite character is Shitpiece. <laughs> as much as he loves Transformers, though, he has a greater love. Godzilla and Japanese sci-fi. In fact, ah. he has a collection that is so huge related to these genres that he's often a featured guest on uh, Godzilla-dedicated YouTube shows and channels and panelist at uh, G-Fest, which is the annual GodzillaCon nice. in Chicago. He's just recently gotten back into Transformers after selling off his whole collection. He's gotten back into it, and he's been hitting it hard because his Instagram is actually full of like all the latest top masterpiece and third-party figures so he's dove into it as far as i can tell you can see his awesome toy photography at sofubi samurai i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly and those aforementioned collections will be can you spell that is it beautifully S rendered in full color at s-o-f-u-b-i samurai which is a complicated word unto itself s-a-m-u-r-a-i okay nice cool thank you for being a patron and we were always really happy to have someone find us and val yeah. validate what we're doing. <laughs> he, he, he has been talking about like how he is, uh, especially on our tangents and just '80s related stuff in general. He feels very connected to like that. Uh, this kind of stuff he talks about with his friends or like can relate to that very well. Yeah, we're all living in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb's living in a past he didn't live though. He's living in our past. You're just, it's our world. You're just pasting in it. <laughs> yeah, thank you, definitely thank you for listening. Hope to see you in Baltimore. I assume we're all going to go to Baltimore. Hopefully. I, 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 I'm, yeah, it's overdue. It's going to be way old, well overdue. Should we do a thing for it or just chill? I Let's, don't know. We'll just cross that bridge when we come to it. I'd rather cross it sooner than later so we can get the work done. Well, let's talk about it right now. Cross then. that bridge and dot that I. I, I think we should and we probably will. 
and it'll be interesting to see what we come up with. Great preview for the future. Another shout out to our friend, Serial Apple Podcast Reviewer Combatiumus217. Oh boy. Whose latest review stated, you guys got my most listened to podcast of the year on Spotify. Far He's out. leaving this on Apple. <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Thank you for that. That's awesome. That's actually dedication. Thanks for all you do. Also, Ryan, I'm going to eat your fucking spleen. Come, he didn't. He didn't say. I added. Come that. and get me, y'all. Too bad. I, I, I always love it when we have a when we have a fa- follower that has a strange, um, strange like aggression aggression towards well, that, ryan well that's this yeah that's combatiumus all the way he's nice. has, typically has a i will <laughs> has a fun thing for ryan yeah um but yeah i made that up so but thank you combatiumus it is an honor to have bored so deeply into your ear holes and your heart holes I, just as a side note i i don't know i don't think i ever even told you guys about this but i i so long ago signed like signed our podcast up with a pod tracker um, to like get some demographics, but then never followed up on it and haven't been adding it to our episodes. So I started adding it and going back retroactively and adding it to our past episodes. So what does it, that mean? What it just clocks do? when people download it and mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also create, they have a, a survey for demographics. If you guys care to go to our website on the homepage at the bottom, there's a listener survey. If you want to fill that out, it doesn't oh. take very long. If you don't, don't. Um, cool. <laughs> Please, if you if you like us, uh, throw some bones our way. Uh, that we we give special things out on our um, Patreon page. Yep. You can join Brian, even though we've moved on from Brian and to Combatiumus. But to bring it back to Brian, uh, who we think, if you want to be like Brian, who is truly an outstanding individual, you can uh, hook up some. <laughs> Pocket change at <laughs> patreon.com slash apoddecast. Yeah. I, I like how, how well you're extemporaneous just off the cuff <laughs> plugging. It, That's it why works. I write my notes I know, down. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm the same. Okay, last episode recap. The dinos are finally fed up living in a closet in Autobot headquarters, and they've hopped a train to Cybertron. So let's get to it. Desertion of the Dinobots, part yeah. two, written by Earl Cress. Animated by Toei. Fucking intro. We're going straight into Cybertron. I love it. I love, I love this episode. I love the Caroli intro. So I don't have a Caroli intro, oh. interestingly enough. And I'm assuming you did on the Tubi TV. On Tubi, yes, yeah. yes, it's there. Yeah, check this out. Well, There's not even a, on my version, which is just a burned version of a DVD set you got me. I can't remember which one it is, but it's the one that has the, it's the Matrix of Leadership. And mm-hmm. inside is like five DVD cases of yeah. episodes. Yeah, this is it. That's okay. Oh, just, it just, right it just gets right to it. Huh. Which is interesting because on on the um, the in the recap, it shows Shockwave exploding the elevator, and then we immediately open up to retconning that. Yeah. I wonder if that's why they cut it. They're like, that's confusing. <laughs> I um I I like this episode. I remember <clears throat> this episode as a child and finding it really fascinating. I I I like this episode too. I will say. Um, it's 
my notes for a little bit are not going to reflect that because it gets this is one of the few episodes where I enjoy it more and more as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I guess we are all are different because I thought this episode was fucking boring. The first five minutes of this are super boring because it's just us with the humans. But yeah. So you might recall from last episode, Spike Carly, they have uh, teleported via space bridge to Cybertron into Shockwave's lair. Inside, the space bridge opens and despite what we saw at the end of last episode of Shockwave firing lasers and exploding the whatever was on the other side, now the space bridge opens. Spike and Carly, they're in their smoking convertible. The yeah. door opens and zap. They, they, take the, they take the one thing away from Carly that she loves the most. She is hot pissed I would be. It too. And then they take understand it's a sweet convertible. car. Yeah. I do like that shot where they show from, like from behind Spike and Carly with her eyes blinking in the rearview mirror. It's a yeah. cool shot of Shockwave as well. And yeah, he straight up has a ray she, that dissolves her car. I wish that they would be sitting there with a. I wish they, they should have folded in an effect of her revving her engine. Like, vroom, vroom, vroom. Spike is a little bit his eyes open, like an alarm expression. But when you look at Carly in the rearview mirror, it's not. Like she's just cool as a cucumber. (laughs) Well, this is what I love about Carly is she's completely unflappable. Yeah, she's great. Suddenly we see that Shockwave has a gun that just makes things disappear. Yeah, it vaporizes things, which I guess maybe it's like an, uh, I don't know, an anti-neutron bomb where it only destroys mechanical things instead of organic matter. I'm not sure. But yeah, I don't blame her. She's super pissed. He takes, he takes her, he takes her car away and i can only imagine how pissed ryan would be if shockwave like zapped ryan's minivan and it disappeared (laughs) (laughs) i never actually use it any anymore uh i just uh drive west's car because we don't ever go anywhere the van what's the last time you actually had the van what was the last time that van was in motion it's probably been a month wow does it do you think it still actually can start no it can't so now it's just it's just sitting there like last time we tried to actually Aaron came over and try because both my car and West's car had died because we hadn't driven them in so long. Uh-huh. And Aaron came over and jumped the Jeep, West's car. Yeah. And then we tried to jump my car and it did not work. It, it just wouldn't start? No. Did it, did it turn over? Not really. Didn't even turn over. And uh, so mm. I bought a uh, mm. one of those like remote jump devices. Yeah. And um, it started up right away with that. Uh, but then I'm like, I I mean, I drove it, I think, then to do that, to charge it up. But, like, it's just going to die again anyway. It's like, there's no point right. in charging it up unless I need to go somewhere. I love I mean, it. I love it. That van, that, van, that van matches your outlook on life. <laughs> yeah, why bother? Exactly. <laughs> but that van's part of the podcast. We have to keep it. It's true. Maybe look for... Maybe look for something about the van in the next Patreon. Yes, yes. You could, you could, you could win Ryan's van. Oh, uh, you could win something that's worth more than Ryan's van. Anything in the yeah. world. But it, it, Patreons, if if you give, what would be like? Let's say a, a patron like gives X amount of dollars for the van. What would be the starting? Like, what what would you do? Two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars, patrons. If you. Or non patrons, if you have, if you join Patreon and give two hundred dollars, there are some the patrons van, that are giving that more, give than, more two, than that two, per yeah. year. Yeah. The, van, <laughs> the van, the van is yours. You just have to come and come and get it. Come and get it. <laughs> 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 Good luck with that. 
We're going to say an additional $200 over... $400. No, what I'm saying is <laughs> if they're already... Listen, it wasn't patron. included as part of the tier. Right. Is the mattress... Uh, you want to throw the mattress in for free? Oh, yeah, baby. That mattress is in there, right? It's in the garage at the moment. Oh, that, well, yeah, it's been... Yeah. Because the van is full of things to donate that I just have never taken to donate. <laughs> Like what? What's in there? I like the what, idea what of you, you driving your van to whatever this donation pickup spot is, and then just getting out and walking. Away. <laughs> the van. I so. throw the keys into the seat and just go away. Goodwill can deal with this. It's, yeah, you've done them a great. It's service. like it's like books and clothes, and like there's some pieces and stuff that. Mm, well, yeah. I hope that uh, I hope that we can get that van go. Actually, I guess you could start a. Fix Ryan's van, kind of deal. Oh, oh, don't do that. That's no, sad. Oh no, that's sad. <laughs> that's a, di- a whole new Patreon that we need to start up. Yeah. I think we should have an auction. We should auction off Ryan's van at Baltimore. When we go to Baltimore, we'll have pictures of it. We'll have a we'll have an auction because I. Hey, know- do you want thing that doesn't start and leaks coolant like a sieve? Yes, this is for you. <laughs> it the- might be an adventure to r- drive that thing to Baltimore to no. r- like ride along. Oh my god! Adventure in so much as it wouldn't get there. <laughs> we could get it there. I wonder Let's if we buy, even get we will buy Missouri. We will buy one-way plane tickets to come back from Baltimore with the premise that we will drive yeah. the van there and it will just stay. But we need to leave a week early and yeah. bring a mechanic handbook type thing. Or maybe we just get into all kinds of small-town Doc Hollywood I adventures on the I way. I think it'd be fun. <laughs> like I, we I'm up for that. You're, and, in, you're in a Doc Hollywood movie, but I, in I, my I, mind, we're in a horror movie. I'd be a little worried about the Appalachians. Yeah. I, think, I think we'd have some problems there, but... Uh, I'm down for this. I'm pretty sure I'm Scotch Irish. I can three, I can get us through the Appalachians. Three D-list podcasters raped and killed in Appalachia. Another reason to take the twenty-three and me, Aaron, to make sure that yeah. you are you can produce that paperwork. I'll be like twenty-three and me. I can't even count that high. <laughs> Pull down your pants, pig. Yeah. Oh God. Oh no. I've actually never seen Deliverance, but I I've understand. Never seen it. I, I have. understand the reference. It's a good movie. Yeah. Yep. Warren Beatty. Weird. Burt Reynolds. Yep, those are names of people. Yep. It's a weird comedy. It's a troubling movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. Filmed in Atlanta, and uh, I can and uh, really, or I think, or is it set in Atlanta or filmed in Atlanta? I it was filmed in Manhattan. Like, no wait, that's Escape from New York. Wait, that was filmed in St. Louis. Fuck. All right. <laughs> We go ahead. Uh, Carly is angry, as Ryan said, but they, they got to get the fuck out of here. They run out of the space bridge shaft and hide behind different mechanical instruments, each one blasted by shockwaves disappearing ray. Yeah. When they hide behind one of them, Spike says he won't blast one of his own robots, but it appears to just be a big. Sil- it's not that one. It appears to just be a column. Of yeah, computers. and I would think that that would be u- of use to him. He's like destroying his own equipment. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 slightly better than the Autobots always destroying Teletran One. Maybe it isn't destroying <clears throat> the equipment. Maybe it's just teleporting it to his bedroom or something. Yeah, <laughs> I like the idea of Shockwave having a bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know he has his bathtub he with does. his candles. Yeah. probably what's it called uh, that, that that hippie shit. Uh, Patchouli, essential oils, essential and what oils. Have, and what have yeah, you? I I feel for him. He needs to have that kind of stuff. This um, I hadn't read the script at this point, the original script, which there I couldn't find it online, by the way. But like I maybe I think that 
him saying he wouldn't destroy one of his own robots, it's supposed to be one of those Sentinel robots we see later. I don't know. Yeah, probably. And it just got animated weird. I do love the sound that Shockwave's Dissolve Ray makes, if we can capture that. I don't think he cares, Carly. Ooh. He's so slow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love him. Shockwave's the best. Yeah, that's it. I just thought it was a cool sound. It is. They could just have a whole episode. I could watch a whole episode of them running around while he just shoots and, dis and makes things disappear until finally just all of Cybertron just disappears <laughs> and him and them are just floating out in space. He always likes to be the seeker in hide and seek. Yes. yes. He, he would, yeah, he's not interested in hiding. <laughs> The miserable human glitches snuck down a small port into a room encasing a master computer. They're hidden from Shockwave. I don't know why I didn't just fire at the wall that they, they crawled under. Some things he can't make disappear. Well, cause it's... <laughs> oh, be because it's the master computer. That's yeah. why he didn't do it. Yeah. He decided to exercise caution this time. Hidden from Shockwave, it's time to break out the old oh, yeah. thumb phone. I love it. I, Holler we, back, it pops on Earth. We asked last time if the thumb radio comes back, and it does. Also, this main computer room seems to be powered by the mind gym from the infinity gems at the bottom oh, it's yeah. just like some pool of energy yeah we do not reference marvel cinematic universe in this podcast ryan this is not that kind of i show. do what i want it's a free podcast i'm a third of it <laughs> um i do i mean uh, it's not i don't really care but i just wonder how the radio wave situation works since there's a yeah. delay true yeah. but like, we don't know how far away Cybertron is from Earth. No, that's it's true. It, it must be. If they're getting instantaneous reactions like this, it's got to be within the orbit of the moon. Mm -hmm. And Teletran Run is really good at recreating like the surroundings. I liked mm -hmm. that it's also. Cool yeah, Teletran 1. Sparkplug, first of all, is, is super like competent in this episode also. Mm -hmm. um, he says, I can see you now when Spike radios him. And Spike asks the asking the real questions says how, <laughs> to which uh, Sparkplug says Teletran is making a simulated picture. I love it. A yeah. one word throwaway answer that makes me be like sure. cool. Yeah. It also makes me wonder though, what are, is he simulate? Maybe he's simulating all those camera angles that are impossible on Earth. Like, yeah. Maybe I was always thinking like um, somehow that thumb phone is like projecting like sonar or something like that or. Putting a signal out so they can like oh, map what's around it. Yeah. Maybe Teletrans getting the data. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Didn't Sparkplug engineer the thumb phone as well? Sparkplug is is in this episode is a technological genius. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. great. Um, I, I want to think that his his he's got a magical wrench that just can make things happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're exactly. just about to get there, but the image of Teletran whenever he creates the image of Spike and Carly, mm -hmm. it has a label that says Decepticon Computer with a K. <laughs> <laughs> yes, love it. We sneak over to Autobot headquarters, and amidst a sea of smashed-up chassis is Sparkplug and Teletran 1, and as everybody mentioned, a digital model of the room that Spike and Carly are in is created, and Carly breaks into a panel at this point and attempts to gain control of the space bridge that they arrived on, but an errant spark shocks her and knocks her into the sinkhole 
toward the computer power source. There it is, the Septicon computer brain. <laughs> nice. She doesn't fall all the way into it, into where the, goo. I guess the power, yeah, goo mm-hmm. is. However, when she does fall into it, the whole room shorts out, mm-hmm. and it, uh, and that power source kind of disappears. I guess. Yeah, I guess it just like trips a breaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say I like the animation because it's Toei, but on the humans, it's real weird. They're very exaggerated features. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's fine. It's just yeah, nope, sh- shorted out, powers down. He has some kind of crotch, crotch flashlight. Oh, the flashlight. <laughs> Let's talk about the flashlight. Let's do. So we get back from commercial, mm-hmm. and uh, it's pitch black. Or we didn't even go to commercial. No, it just goes black That's and right. flat. <laughs> flash. Um, and Spike has this flashlight, which he calls a photon flashlight, because <laughs> Wheeljack gave it to him. Which is like I like to imagine that Wheeljack, when he gave it to him, called it a photon flashlight because. That's what all flashlights are. Anything that gives out light is giving out photons. Yeah. Right. Well, the second the second that he says that Will Jack gave him the flashlight, I was like, oh no, no that thing's gonna blow up in his goddamn yeah. face. Yeah, it's gonna. It's this is problematic. Dissolves his arm. Throw the flashlight away. Get rid of the flashlight. Step away from the flashlight quickly. But no, it works all right. I, and I also like. It's probably hmm. a Will Jack probably bought At the a fucking flashlight they... online. <laughs> At a swap meet, uh, yeah. He br- like at that. a certain point, they just fucking decide to stop animating the flashlight and just have a ray of light surrounding mm-hmm. Spike. Well, he clips it onto his belt. Yeah, I think they, and they go, oh, did he? Yeah, they go. Yeah, they go somewhere where there's light. Eventually, they get out of this hole. Yeah. this energy hole. <laughs> yeah, see, he's got it theoretically clipped to his belt. Here's the thing: like we're almost twenty percent into this episode. That is has Dinobots in the title, and we have yet to see a fucking Dinobot. I hate how all the episodes of the Dinobots have like no Dinobots in them. Oh, Ryan's getting mad again. I wonder if they were just hard to animate, and yeah. so they was really. I just think it nobody up. knows how to write the Dinobots good. I'm good. Me yeah. no write Dinobot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Carly, by the way, uh, twisted her ankle. <laughs> oh my god! And so Spike jumps down to save her. Remember, there's kind of a sinkhole in this room, mm. um, and and because the power blob is gone, that it now reveals an exit for mm-hmm. them to escape from, and they travel through the hallways, and they remind us. Which, again, five minutes almost into this episode, we forget why they're here. They're here for Cybertonium, mm-hmm. people. At this point, Megatron contacts Shockwave. Megatron is, like, on the floor. He's not doing good. Uh, I think there was some speculation as to where is this camera <laughs> located that Megatron... Is it an iPhone that he's yeah. calling it? Is he FaceTiming yeah, I think so. Shockwave? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's always fun to juxtapose current technology with this old show, right, guys? I think so. We have fun here. We do. We're so witty. This is the fun zone. (laughs) Megatron is particularly pissed that the humans have gotten away, but unfortunately uh, for the humans, uh, Shockwave has sent the Sentinels after them, and, Mm -hmm. and these things look idiotic. Yeah, they're pretty goofy. What was that Nintendo robot? Oh, uh, I was going to say Wall E. But Rob. <laughs> Rob. Actually, Robotic Rob, operating buddy. I Rob think and Wally do have some similarities, so. But I was going to say I was going to say Rob and the Sentinels have some similarities mm-hmm. in their appeal. <laughs> mm. I'm just at this point like really so tired of just I'm so bored of watching humans do things in general. 
just to this like oh, this. I'm just so again I guess you have to have somebody do something but like none of this matters I when I was a kid really enjoyed this because I just wanted to see I wanted to see Cybertron and I'm seeing Cybertron I, I, like true. I've never seen it before so I'm I'm willing to let that this slide. is cool in that way it's yeah. true it does do a great thing if we get to explore Cybertron a in, a, in a fun yeah. way and that's why I enjoyed it more as it goes on is we get an awesome backstory yes. as, on Cybertron yes. now we have paused it here where Carly opens this huge door yeah. and says hold the door Spike <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we and definitely need to make a gif of like him being slammed smashed. into paste yeah. as the door closes <laughs> on him. Yeah, I was going to say, like, he's got the strength to hold this he's strong. uncountable ton door open for Carly to slide through, and then he slides through. But then this door Crushes smashes the, the robot's head, <laughs> yes. the Sentinel's head. Yes. Well, we, he shows superhuman strength later on, too. The Witwickies, as we've established, are invulnerable and seem to be super strong. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's their appeal. What are they doing? They're off to find Wheeljack's old lab. Recall that Carly has twisted an ankle, so Ugh. Spike picks her up as if under the threshold to carry mm. Carly to Wheeljack's mm. lab of Again, love. Again, super Before, strength. Some, She's about the same size as him. I can't carry someone my size around like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, you carry somebody under a threshold for like 10 seconds. He's doing it for like 10 miles. I would try. <laughs> I would carry Carly to the end of the Also, earth. that's faster than her leaning on you? Why? Yeah. And also, <laughs> that's true. her ankle well, in about a minute is going to be totally fine. That well, is the other thing. Why did they... She in about two minutes she's gonna they're gonna be like Carly your ankle and my she's like huh, better I guess she it's goes, okay she now she literally goes I think it got better she just wanted to get carried around my 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 uh she just wanted to get carried my fa- my five year old does the same thing my five year old does the same thing now he should have just given her a piggyback exactly yeah. that's way easier to carry someone that so, way. Did any of you guys notice that uh, Will Jack's lab has a Decepticon uh, symbol? I on did the door? notice that. I mean, it is and also completely different. What are we? What's happening here? Does well, Will Jack? Does Will Jack? Is he really a Decepticon? <laughs> That's why he's so he's subtly sabotaging. Uh, so all he doesn't inventions. suck. He's, he's actually, just a saboteur. He's actually a, a more of a, an intelligent person than we thought, and he's yeah. just playing a dumb Autobot, which is not hard to do. <laughs> so just Autobot, then. Yes, um, exactly. I think the implication is just to show that the Decepticons own everything, but also we have... Like that's not the the lab we saw the last time we saw Wheeljack's lab, but it's it doesn't a, matter. It's a different entrance. It's not that far off, though, is yeah. it? Uh, it I'll was just a little door. Okay. Anyway, oh, it does, but yeah, maybe it was a side entrance. It's not this grand, tall, vaulted ceiling. This is more like it's what more the like seekers come out of garage. in the first episode, actually. Okay. But anyway. It, it, it didn't anyway, really bug me that much. Regardless, I'm loving it. I'm seeing Cybertron. Mm-hmm. Carly, during this, she sees a spooky shadow. But yes. no matter, they're at the lab. There's an ominous knock on the ceiling of the lab. And then another one. Spike finds a weapon. <laughs> aims. A big fucking weapon. And fires. Oh, boom, man. Boom. And we go to commercial. Oh, fuck. What happens? The <laughs> Spike going into this closet... <laughs> To maybe find a weapon, I would. Spark plug goes. Please let there be something in there, and I would have just. It's like it's just Wheeljack's dildo collection. Yeah, <laughs> it's just porn. It's just lots of porn. What kind of porn is Wheeljack into? Uh, Edging. 
I don't know why. I just like to hold it in as long as possible. <laughs> That's my wheel, Jack. That's boy, my wheel, Jack. Everybody. <laughs> Good night. Uh, but they find nothing in here other than no. He gun. finds a gun, right? But they went into to buy, find cybertonium. Well, no, right. he no. He went. They went into the lab to find cybertonium, but but they with started the knocking, hearing knocking. So, so he goes yeah. to find a weapon. Yeah, right. yeah. We're back exactly. from commercial. There's, but there's no cybertonium in the lab. It's a it's it's a waste of time. Theoretically, there is, but Wheeljack, as Sparkplug will say in a moment, is too weak to tell him where it is. Oh, okay. Uh, Spike does get a gun, a giant gun that yeah. he is to your point earlier caleb superhuman yeah strengthening aiming it at the ceiling where yeah. the knocking noise is coming from and mm-hmm. the roof is starting to disintegrate no doubt a, a, a decepticon foe is getting ready to pop through here he takes shots oh now we're going to commercial maybe i went to commercial a little too soon <laughs> you know I you feel know. like wheeljack would be less into edging and more into ruining ruined, ruined orgasm mm-hmm that's awful. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> That's awful. You never heard of a ruined orgy? I have now. Nobody calls it that. No, let's, let's keep moving. They do now. <laughs> but you know, um, you know what I'm talking about, right? I do now. <laughs> we are third of the way into this episode. Nary a Dinobot in sight yet. Ryan's gonna Ryan, hold your horses Ryan's because gonna keep- what we're going to come back from the commercial, and it turns out that 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 Decepticon that. Spike was firing at in the ceiling is none other than Swoop, the Dinobot. Yay, Ryan finally gets to see a Dinobot. Yay. I actually, this is where I start liking the episode. Of course. Um, and I like that we basically get a Swoop highlight episode. Like he gets his, this is his, this is Swoop's episode, which I yeah. feel like he gets short shrift a lot of the time. Even amongst the Dinobots who notoriously get short shrift. And it's... I don't know that they get a short shrift. I think that's just your Dinobot bias. They get more screen time than many other Autobots. This is the last episode we see them until the movie. Trax gets an episode, probably. But Trax is boring as shit. No, he's the Dinobots not. He's are cool, Dinobots. He's cool and waspy. I, listen, it's a bias, and I don't blame you. I mean, they should have done all more. I want. This is all I want to see is just Dinobots wrecking shit. Just from a marketing perspective. In this weird flashback. They should have just had a spinoff called the dinobots yeah. no 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 fucking shit up. well that's crazy no i don't want it all that i don't want everything to be about the dinobots that's like that would be like having yeah. a, a, a a series about steve urkel right and then ryan has nothing to complain about no <laughs> they're like they're like um, i mean they made a show about my favorite cheers character Fravor Fravor frame Fravor frave where's bridget nielsen i'm a fucker <laughs> Is that a quote? <laughs> uh, they famously dated. Yeah, I I'm gonna. It was a classic odd couple, her, Ryan. Right? It was. It just, was like what? I understand. It's just that I'm gonna fuck her. It was weird. Right. I also have a hard time believing, even if you have a hundred of these Sentinel robots, they could take the Dinobots captive. Ryan's feeling. He's like they could have won this. I, yeah. I, I, I agree with his statement. I've just realized that in watching all these episodes with the Dinobots and how much I loved them as a kid and still do, it's really just like how much I like them as opposed to they're just written like garbage. Like they don't. I think it's more of like what I imagined them to be as opposed to what they were portrayed as on screen. That's really this whole show because when we were kids, we didn't believe the Autobots were buffoons. And now, yeah. And now we realize it. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, Swoop is telling the story of the uh, Dinobots' time on Cybertron. They arrive, they busted up the Decepticon guard pretty good until eventually they were outnumbered, uh, and Swoop got away, but the rest of the boys were captured and taken to the Cybertronium pits. Mm-hmm. Damn, Cybertronium. Remember, that's the thing we're looking for here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cybertonium. God damn it. And I even spelled it that way. I don't know why they made it that. Carly's it's so hard to fig- like remember. <laughs> yeah. Carly's ankle is better. This is the Ugh. point where we realize she's cool. What was the reason? <laughs> to be Cardi B about it. Cardi B about it. Yeah, there's a that there's a famous clip where she's like, "What was the what was the reason?" What's she referring to? Uh, she was on a show, like uh, it was a, it was a, a panel show. I can't remember. She uh, she was just talking. She was asking somebody to explain why their buffoonery. Yeah, okay, she'd be about it. All, All right, right, Cardi B. <laughs> uh, she got that wop, son. That's right. Nope. Car- Carly's ankle is better. <laughs> hey, she's gonna walk her ass to the pits. The team finds a cyber. Should I call it a cybertonic mass transit system oh. that coordinates? In hand, courtesy of Spark Plug and Teletran. What did I, what the, where was I going with this? Coordinates in hand. Carries I don't know. Hand. Are you talking about the core? <clears throat> you think you're talking about the coordinates that Spark Plug tells them to put in? Um, yeah, uh-huh. they get into this Elon Musk Hyperloop thing. Mm-hmm. And I, loved, I loved this as a kid, them flying around in this thing. The coordinates are 354 Zeta Alpha Mark 7. I like this. Which I wrote down because I thought it would be a cool, super nerdy, personalized license plate. Mm. Sort of like how I want one that says 6EQUJ5, which is the wow signal. Uh, but again, Future, future uh, APDC guest Alpha Magnus has a license plate that says Alpha Magnus. All right. I don't... Yep. <laughs> That's relevant. But I don't, draw, like, I, I don't drive my car anymore, so what's the point? Again, that right. should just be on my grave. What's the point? <laughs> Why bother? <laughs> I'll put that personalized license plate on your grave. You I love it. <laughs> You're assuming Ryan's going to have a gravestone. Yeah, it's true. Just burn me. Also, this whole Hyperloop scene takes a full minute of screen time. <laughs> it does. I like it. It's really long. <laughs> um, yeah, they um, they take this cool maze of tubes and magnetized tracks until they mm-hmm. come to a place where the tube is damaged. So now they've got to get out and walk. Unfortunately... The planet is full of Indiana Jones-style booby <laughs> I wrote that, too. Yes, it is. A giant pendulum axe swings from the ceiling, yeah. slicing Swoop's wing. Further on, the walls close in on the team, but Swoop just busts them out. These are ancient traps left behind from previous Autobot Decepticon wars. It's true. And to your point, Caleb, I do like seeing them go deeper into Cybertron, where theoretically things get more primitive, which yeah. is why they have these whack-ass Love it. booby traps. <laughs> but it's very cool. Like, I like I, And they, they should... They show those whack ass robots too, and I was always mm-hmm. like, "Ooh, these are like ancient transformers." I want to know more about them, but we know, get a little bit more. Yes, yes, we do. One of the traps is a small legion of heat-seeking missiles, which comes at them and dodge all they can. Those missiles are going to come back at they you. Do That's right a lot, and swoop. Picks up the humans to fly away from the missiles, but his wing no work, so me can't fly. The team, he just drops <laughs> Spike and Carly to the mm-hmm. ground as the missiles circle back in for the kill, and that's where we go to commercial. So, okay. I know he says, 
me can he it kind of comes up when he's like me can transform which is used to fire shoulder missiles you never had why not use the missiles on your wings also you're a dinobot you can fly in robot mode (laughs) yeah true here comes the missiles I, i it doesn't make me annoyed but it's like carly's um ankle it's ridiculous in that it doesn't necessarily mean anything (laughs) his injury we gotta fill this 30 minutes up somehow that's why i'm fully i fully believe i can't remember who it was the cynical ass weirdo who uh wrote the first two-parter was like yeah you get paid twice so i wrote a (laughs) two-parter yeah i i believe that 100%. 100%. This is a problem. I'm going to have him fly around for a while, dodge the missiles. And it's the They missiles. fly for so long, and it's almost it's crazy. Like, it's it's like the time. story of the bumblebee or something. <laughs> like, like re- He realizes he should never be able to fly, and then he, do- then he doesn't fly anymore. The story of the bumblebee. I love it. <laughs> it was pointed out on the TF Wiki that these should probably just be... Uh, like missiles that once they're next to something explode because yeah. they're in a tiny hole. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Are most of those actual style of missiles more proximity than direct? That's hit? the word I was trying to look for. <laughs> yeah, but in cartoons, if a missile doesn't hit you dead on, it doesn't do anything. So he drops them, then transforms into a robot and fires the missiles from nowhere. Mm-hmm. When clearly he could he have fired it from midair. It's so weird. It's a weird choice. God damn it. What was the reason? <laughs> Almost forgotten. Me swoop can transform. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. No, you're fine. Um, the team steps out from the catacombs into a desolate area. What What did this used to be? This is my favorite part. Yes, I agree with you. Perhaps the viewing room that Carly found with the it's, giant laser discs the laser will help yeah. out. I got a question. Mm-hmm. Is where they just walked into, is it an, like an underground cave of ancient Autobot Decepticon civilization that's been built on top of, or are they on the surface? It's. I think they're hard. It, 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 I've always imagined it as being like this world that was built there. It's ancient. And since then they have like, Built on top of Built it. Built on top of it. And Cybertron actually has a rock core that they're just they've just slowly been building technology yep. and, and architecture yep. on top of. I think that's the implication. It's sort of like uh, what is it? Return to the Planet of the Apes or whatever, where like New York is a, is now a sub subterranean sure. city. That's yeah. the, that's the way I see this, which I love. Yeah, I like it too because this documentary mm. we're about to watch on this laser disc um, is I love it, and I can only assume because it definitely is shot from the stance of the Autobots because it calls the Decepticons evil and how they're bad. It's, so, like, uh, it's like Autobot Fox News. Well, or it's just real. Yeah, more like, <laughs> more like, to Fox I would News. say more like Autobot, Autobot NPR. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess the Decepticons just didn't find this or it, it's really cool. Well, well, we'll just, I mean, we could just play the whole, the whole documentary. I just, I, I love the whole thing. I think they should have got Herner Wurzog to narrate it. The Herner, do you just said Herner Wurzog? Yeah. Isn't it Werner Herzog? <laughs> I hope so. I also think it's Werner. <laughs> but you just said uh, You're right. Her, you it just it would be Werner Wurzog. And you were like, yeah. It would be, yeah. it would be Werner Herzog because it's a W. <laughs> 
Oh, that was fun. I like the, I like this. I think we saw this, this in How to Oblivion, this recording it's device. Showtime! Millions of years ago, Cybertron was a planet of peace until the Decepticons lusting for power began a terrible war not designed for combat. The Autobots were overwhelmed and subjugated by their evil opponents. While many Autobots fled Cybertron, a few valiant survivors devised new tactics and launched a counteroffensive on their arch foes. And thus began a terrible series of wars. Many times, both sides have claimed victory. But this has been short-lived, for the Autobots have overthrown Decepticon tyrants. And likewise, Decepticon treachery has toppled many a peaceful Autobot ruler. And to this day, the war rages on. Me not know that before. Yeah, I love that. There's so much. Yeah. There's so much information we're given that we never had before. Like the Civil War has been going off and on forever, and also it implies that transformation was the thing the Autobots came up with to battle the Decepticons, mm -hmm. who were stronger and battle hard, or battle ready. It just it just made the universe that much bigger. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm -hmm. I love it. I guess I agree and disagree. <laughs> okay. maybe, right. maybe, perhaps I'll agree to disagree. Hey, straddle that fence. <laughs> the I don't think you get that much more information. The whole Autobot innovation of transformation thing is an interesting tidbit, but you don't still don't know why they're fighting. It's just like they there always has to be a reason why, and well, they just, just showed up and they're because they the Decepticons are bad guys. I kind of equate it. I, they're the bad guys. It's true. We're simplifying it, but I kind of equate it to Nazi Germany. Like, why did they fight? They just wanted shit. <laughs> Hitler was insane and <laughs> just wanted shit. Power, man. Power. Which is why, like, again, I, I was, uh, to bring it back to Nazi Germany, I was like, why didn't the Decepticons destroy this information and maybe this is just a city that got forgotten? I think it was forgotten. I think it's all been overlooked. It's been buried so, by the, been buried by time. Yeah. And, bu and other buildings. Yes, literally. And they get dropped in on. They watched oh, that yes. cool video. Thank you. Yes. Cool video. And uh, Cybertron used to be peaceful. Decepticons came and fucked it up. Mm -hmm. Autobots weren't designed for fighting. They were conquered by their evil opponents. Autobots fled Cybertron. <laughs> Some figured out how to fight. There's been a veritable hot potato of control over power. Mm -hmm. Except in this version of hot potato, They're I take the potato from you. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, my potato. <laughs> the story educates Swoop. Just as the team is discovered and captured by a sentient sentinel, and take him to the Cybertonium pits. That's this part is so str like Shockwave says, take them, the humans, to the Cybertonium pits along with the foreign robot, which I just thought was a fan like a fascinating turn of phrase. Yeah, but the foreign robot is swoop. Yeah, right. so okay. Shockwave's a racist. <laughs> Close the borders. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Build the wall. The prisoners are enslaved. Mm. Slaves. <laughs> and chucked into the pit with the other Dinobots who are harvesting this crystalline 
power source. They've been brainwashed into believing that they work for the Decepticons, but Carly, as we know, is no stranger to cracking open Autobot chests. Mm-hmm. The memory circuits have been disconnected, which, of course, she knows how to reconnect. I mean, she goes well, to Harvard or some shit. Well, she also checked swoop circuits to compare them. But I guess this is kind of the payoff we saw way back in the first like four minutes of the of part one, where she opens up Bumblebee and turns oh, off I his inertial that inhibitors. Was in this ser- I forgot that was in this connected series that that happened. Yeah. Okay, all right. It's it doesn't work at all because like yeah. what kid would remember that? Yeah. yeah. Carly's fucking, I love Carly. Carly is capable as hell and completely fearless. She's great. When you don't have Chip Chase, you've got Carly. Yeah. So Spike, I do. Oh, I love this part where she just did it. There was like, um, uh, (laughs) Spike says, can you fix them? And Carly literally pats him on the face like, oh, you sweet little boy. It says, can an Autobot roll? She patronizes him. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much because he's, why are you dating this piece of shit? (laughs) I think as we've learned, I guess in the previous episode, is that Spike's not a roughneck. His dad is management. His dad is an oil executive. Oh, yeah, whenever he went to WrenchCon. I mean, they were probably, (laughs) they were probably just on at the, you know, the first few episodes, they were probably checking in on things at the from corporate so they're they're as like oppo- as opposed to working like, the rig they're like, like internal affairs like undercover boss <laughs> <laughs> he he could be the ceo for all we know yeah exxon mobile which is why they don't have to work british petroleum <laughs> yeah they just fuck around with the autobots all day yeah he's got stock options yeah, baby yeah, he's taken care of okay well spark spike spark spark carly <laughs> And the Dinobots stage a dispute and demand to be segregated. The Sentinels comply, opening the fence and a path to escape. The Dinobots make short work of the guards, and the whole team escapes up the Cybertonian highway tube system. They need no car. Also, I guess, again... It just occurs to me, like, Spike and Grimlock do this, like, pageantry where they pretend to uh, be mad at each other, and then Shockwave's like, get the humans out of there and let the Dinobots work, and then they open the fence, but also, the Dinobots, again, can fucking fly. Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, it's true. Also, why would Shockwave... Even why wouldn't he just shred the humans? Exactly, just period. kill the humans. There's no way, even in the best of circumstances, that they'll contribute a fraction of what no, the Dinobots they're can not contribute doing to anything. this situation. But we do get another scene where it's just again, all I want to see is Dinobots wrecking shit. It's sort of like you know how you go to an action movie, you don't really go for nuance. You go to see Arnold Schwarzenegger do one-liners and kill people. Yeah. There's a couple cool moments. Slag melting the those robots is really neat. But not, honestly, one of the best action sequences in this whole series to date was in the pre- episode previous to this, where the Dinobots attack the airport where the Decepticons. Yeah, that's are true. That was... that was a really good action mm-hmm. sequence. Then they fly up the tubes. <laughs> yeah, we're reminded that they need no car. The way it looks, like they're just floating, to, they're being Whee! raptured. <laughs> <laughs> In case of rapture, your Dinobot will be unpiloted. Sparkplug gets a hold of Spike. Teletran 1 has reset the bridge <laughs> to go to Autobot headquarters. Yeah. This is their only chance. Hurry. Again, Sparkplug is a genius. Yeah. I, absolutely. And again, it's a one-line offhand 
explanation of ludicrous shit, but I'm like, cool. I get it. They've reprogrammed the space bridge. Done and done. The Decepticon, we have to kind of give this to the Autobots and I guess mostly Sparkplug because the Decepticons tech is mostly reverse engineered from Autobot tech. So I think I think we've established this. The Autobots are actually technical geniuses. Ooh, They're just weird. ineffective. Just in most tacticians. Other They're terrible as tacticians. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, they, and they did invent transforming. So it's I true. think that plays. The transport tubes take the team directly to Shockwave's lair. <laughs> they catch him completely unawares. He knows he's, he's so lost bad control at his job. Yeah, he is. Intruders. A brief battle ensues. Shockwave shoots off Swoop's wing as he drunkenly flies into the Space Bridge elevator. The team and enough Cybertonium to repair all the Autobots are transported back to mm -hmm. Earth. I've always felt that that whenever Swoop gets shot in the wing like that kind of bummed me out. I've always felt very protective of Swoop for some reason. Like, I had the toy as a kid, but also he seems like the most fragile of the Dinobots because his wings are susceptible to that kind of thing. And I guess I always have a knee-jerk instinct to protect something fragile. And it's just, yeah. I've always felt, especially even especially in uh, Transformers the movie, where he gets crushed under that mm -hmm. the, the building wreckage, that I didn't like it. Yeah, I think our audience knows you're a bitch. <laughs> okay. All right. Sure. Uh, wh what is empathy? Why would anybody have that? <laughs> Don't need that. Throw it in the garbage. We're back to Earth. The humans all have, uh, human boys have wrestler's ear. Oh, cauliflower ear? Mm-hmm. Their, their ears are, their ear lobes in particular are very chonky. <laughs> they got some thick lobes, son. <laughs> mm, suck on them. Ew. <laughs> Prime... Appreciates the work the human duo has done so much so that he makes them honorary Autobots. We probably need to. Tr maybe this could be another thing for our Patreon boxes to make uh, uh, honorary, honorary Autobot, Autobot yeah. medallions. I like that. We'll put, but put the AC APDC logo. It'd be like on the flip side. Yeah, you, you could give them an option to get an Autobot or a Decepticon, but have the APDC logo on the back. I mean, I don't Fuck know if Caleb. I want to give people an option. It seems difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, I don't care. I'm not going <laughs> to nope. make it. <laughs> he sure doesn't, everybody. I'm looking at his face, and it says, I don't care. <laughs> Why did he even talk? <laughs> uh, I like how he's just now making them honorary Autobots. Like, have they not yeah. done enough in the past? And also, what about Chip? Is Chip somewhere just stewing over his lack of metal having? <laughs> I don't even know if we see. I don't think we see Chip again. Is Chip out I think he might be Dunzo. Okay, well. Which is a shame. He's definitely not in season three. Maybe he died. Oh, what did that boy have? We don't know. Polio. <laughs> oh. <laughs> As for the Dinobots. <laughs> well, we have to tell you good job because you bail us out all the fucking time and we want to keep your dumb asses around, so. Yeah, Grimlock says, until next time, we no feel like it. Which doesn't happen because we don't see you guys again until the movie. Bums me out. All right, we're at the end of this episode. As we said, this is the final appearance of the Dinobots until the movie, and it seems we barely hung with them. It's almost like I've been screaming about this whole episode where we don't see them hardly at all. 
They're... And it's like nobody knows how to write the Dinobots in an interesting way. You, Ryan, tell a Dinobot story right now. The only good Dinobot one that like is their origin, the SOS Dinobots. That's the only good Dinobot episode. But I thought you were supposed to make dinosaurs. <laughs> God, I want to punch you. <laughs> you did this. Uh, there's no new voice actors, but... It's uh, minutely notable that the Sentinels were voiced by Greg Berger. Me, Greg Berger. (laughs) (laughs) With that, do we want to visit the... In the real world. All right. Desertion of the Dinobots Part 2 aired October 22nd, 1985. American Top 40. Hey, here's a little peek behind the curtain. What's this? A peek behind the curtain. Uh, Uh, We need to oil our curtain. (laughs) I know. It's real (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) Just due to scheduling, we're recording the next few episodes out of order. So next episode, we'll actually cover what was really number one on, on, on that on this week today because this next week's episode or next episode takes place like three days after this one came out mm-hmm. um today we have a number one song for two weeks in march and april of 85 phil collins one more night This was the first single off of Mr. Collins' third album, No Jacket Required, <laughs> and his second number one single. The first number one single was Against All Odds. Hmm. Also a soft jam. I, so was Phil Collins always in Genesis? Yes. He So he was the Genesis drummer. Yes. Yeah. Then Peter Gabriel leaves the group, but then Phil Collins has a solo career. Then he puts out more albums with Genesis. Yes, but um, Peter Gabriel isn't in that later incarnation of genesis right mm-hmm, he fair. leaves the but when after peter okay so does it so does genesis cease to exist and then phil collins does a single right. career and then they genesis then they gets get back, back together? together yeah they call that a hiatus oh mm-hmm. all right and did they hiatus as soon as peter gabriel left the band or is there a body of work that exists Ooh. with phil collins as the lead singer prior to his solo career. that i don't know okay I have to look. listeners <laughs> let us know do the work for us I, you won't you I, lazy I, you I won't take, and we don't care I, here, I tell you what is a fun thing to do is to google peter gabriel's costumes when he was in genesis because hmm. they are outrageous simply outrageous They're, it's more interesting to me than their music <laughs> <laughs> oh i just well, I, shots Gen- fired at they genesis. were a pro they were a prog rock band and they had some good stuff i'm just not into it all right well, Phil Phil said this song was completed, quote, very quickly while he was noodling around on his drum machine, a Roland TR-808, for those keeping score of Phil Collins' drum machine. No, nothing sounds quite like an 808, money-making, money-making, super disco, disco-breaking, Manhattan in the house. We have a Twitter follower who has, like, that as yep. their... Yep, we have a Twitter follower that has people like Peter Gabriel. Aaron has just looked up... Genesis, he has this Peter bat Gabriel sort of... Uh, what do you call that neck piece? Bat wings. Yeah, it was all... Too wow, flower. he is fucking emo before emo. 
Uh, there I actually are... love Peter Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sledgehammer, baby. Um, there are two entries in the critical reception portion of the article of the Wikipedia article on this page, which are fairly hilarious. They seem like whoever wrote them or put them in there really wanted to illustrate how c- critics are dumb or something. So the first one is Robert Hilburn of the L.A. Times originally disliked the song, but later praised it, saying that Colin's outfit or Colin's soulful but polite vocal style is also capable of capturing the pain of going through yet one more night without her, which is the longest way of saying nothing that I've ever fucking heard. Uh, the second one is Keegan Hamilton of the Riverfront Times thought it was the worst track on the album, saying the album's introspective slow jam wallows in self-pity. It ends with a saxophone solo so smooth that I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> Which again, I hate this. It's terrible, like a terrible thing. But he did write that, so maybe don't write it like an idiot. <laughs> uh, number one at the box office. Again, we cover the true forgettable number one in the next episode. This one, I thought we'd talk about the Breakfast Club. Mm, cool. I, I presume you guys have seen this. Oh yes, many times. Never heard of it. <laughs> It really bothers Aaron. Ryan's either even bothered by it, even though Aaron's lying. I don't even, even look at him. <laughs> well, I. <laughs> it really, really thrown me. off. <laughs> this was written and directed by John Hughes. For anyone who doesn't know, it's a Brat Pack movie where five high school students meet in Saturday detention to discover common ground and maybe a little bit more about themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> starring Judd Nelson, who plays Hot Rod yes. in the movie, yes. Emilio Estevez, Paul Gleason, Anthony Michael Hall, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy. I guess apparently there was a lot of ad lib in this, like that whole sequence where they sit in a circle and talk about why they're in detention. I guess he just let them go. That's cool. It works. I mean, they're no APDC improv game. But no, no. That's a great It a does great work. Uh, Jed, Are you trying to say we were not visited by Icelandic I terrorists? was not specific. <laughs> okay. We, we've done other things. <laughs> okay. Uh, Judd Nelson sounds like a nightmare to work with, honestly. I don't know if he changed later, but uh, he sounds like a super, super shitty like method, like Jim Carrey style. He apparently antagonized Molly Ringwald in character, even when they were off set. And went undercover at a local high school outside Chicago where it was shooting and convinced the teenagers that he was a student and bought them beer with his fake ID. He was 24 at the time. Nelson told them to drop him off at the hotel where the actors were staying. Years later, reflecting on his antics, Nelson said, They would ask me why I was staying there, and I told them my dad was in jail. I'm staying at the Weston O'Hare while my dad's incarcerated. Oh, good God. That sounds corny as shit. Sounds up his own ass. (laughs) Also, I just don't think it's true to character. Like, the character would be going out of his way to buy kids beer. I just don't think any of that was necessary for what he he was doing. I I just needed to get in the head of a degenerate by being an actual degenerate. I think he was just... Sounds sadistic. In an, another connection with Transformers, uh, that Judd Nelson was asked to play around with the end scene where he walks toward the camera on the football field and pumps his fist in the air, and that was just one of the takes that he did, and uh, they kept it, and it was homaged in the 2018 Bumblebee movie. Oh, what's the first connection to Transformers? He was Hot Rod. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> There are obvious problems with this movie. If you watch it today, like why on earth would anybody root for John Bender, who appears to be a serial killer, 
or why we're supposed to be happy that Ali Sheedy needs a makeover to become pretty <laughs> or that Anthony Michael Hall is just farmed out to do their homework or that John Bender seems to commit some kind of sexual assault on Molly Ringwald <laughs> while he's hiding under the table. Right. Oh, Holy no. shit, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time. I mean, I still like it with all those caveats. You know, as we age, like things are going to obviously become, in retrospect, problematic and horrible. I I will put this on our website, but uh, in researching this, Molly Ringwald has an excellent article about her conflicted feelings about working with John Hughes, not only in this, but 16 Candles, yeah. where... Uh, there's a lot of other problems in that movie, and I'll, I'll link that. But it's great. I know you. Fucking won't... Anthony Michael Hall is a potential school shooter in this movie, and it's the true. best character is uh, the fucking jock. Who... Like the jock who we should just hate is actually a good person. I don't know if he is. He co- he participated in extreme bullying of another yeah. person. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he did. He it. did. He did. Yeah. But he seems the most self-reflective. Ali Sheedy's the only it. good person. Yeah, She's you're just right. there because she didn't have anything to do. You're right. <laughs> she is. Anyway, it did it, it crushed box office wise. It made fifty one point five million on a one million dollar wow. budget. There were fourteen people in this cast. Wow. Only six of them have names. <laughs> yeah. There's a janitor. Carl. He has a name, that's right. Actually, it might be seven, because there's Carl. The parents don't have There's names. Vernon, who's the principal. Then there's the five who are in detention. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, lastly, in the real world, on the TV guide cover, we have an actual new TV guide cover, guys. Yay. Um, guess what, Fig Nuts? <laughs> I wrote that for some reason. I guess <laughs> nice. I thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, this one, this cover uh, goes from October 19th to the 25th of 1985. The story cover, the cover story. Give us the cover story name. We want to guess who's on the cover. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the first two that aren't on the cover, which is Mickey Mantle's World Series Memorial Memories Aww. and Secrets of Vitality by Katherine Hepburn. Don't which care. I guess worked because she lived to 96, but it seems like the last 20 years were not optimal. So maybe just don't don't take her advice. I mean, I don't. There's no way I can tell you who. What do you want me to tell you if you can guess? This. If you had enough, there was a title, and then we would guess who's on the cover based on Unless that title. Unless the title literally gives uh, it away. Uh, yeah, the title. It does. It's like Sally Field and ti- Burt Reynolds are in love. The, Will, oh, okay, maybe it doesn't. Will their no spring chicken humor become the talk of the nation? No spring chicken. Golden Girls? No, Golden Girls wasn't out yet. Mama's Family? <laughs> Will no spring chicken humor be the talk of the nation? It has to be about old people, and it has to be you're, a comedy. Your, your second guess was not bad. What was the show again? Mama's Family. Mama's Vicky Family. Lawrence. Um, Which Golden Girls is a spinoff of, I think. Go, I would say Golden I think that Golden Girls is related to Mama's Family. No, 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 no. That's a, no, Mama's Family is a spinoff from uh, Archie Bunker. Is it? I think so. <laughs> Rue McClanahan know. was on Mama's Family, but you're right. I don't think it's a spinoff of Golden Girls. God, Ryan, why do I know this? Ryan laid on us. Golden Girls. Damn it! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It had just started. Spoiler alert, it was a huge hit. I Yeah, it was. And the answer is yes, their no spring chicken humor will become the talk of the nation because that fucking show is great. Oh, uh, Mama's Family is a spinoff of a recurring series of comedy sketches on From the Carol Burnett. Carol, Carol Burnett okay. show. The picture on the cover is Betty White, B. Arthur, and Rue McClanahan. The Golden Girls had basically just debuted on September 14th, 1985. Holy shit. And it ran until May 9th, 1992. Not bad. 
it That's won a, run. a primetime Emmy for Outstanding, Outstanding Comedy Series twice, three Golden Globes for Best Series, and each of the four stars won an Emmy, making it one of only four sitcoms in history to achieve this. It's ranked in the top ten of the Nielsen ratings in six of its seven seasons. Wow. Impressive. I love that show. And it's I watched great. it We recently. It holds up. It's pretty good. It's really yeah. good. As a kid, I liked it. But as an adult watching it, you catch a lot. There's a lot oh, of yeah. sophisticated humor. B. Arthur's character is the one that makes me laugh the most. Her mm-hmm. just deadpan sarcasm is always pretty there's some golden. Pretty progressive stuff in there, too. Like, there's a, an episode about HIV. There's an episode about in homosexual general? marriage. Yeah, and a lot of it about just homosexuality in general. And, and it it's great. Like, yeah. Go watch Golden Girls. Also, uh, that... Hot ass Blanche just gets to get what get what she She's wants. She's a real saucy number. <laughs> she she wants what she wants and she takes it. You know, apparently, here's a little trivia. You know how at the end of a lot of episodes they would eat cheesecake in the in the mm-hmm. in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, B. Arthur fucking hated cheesecake, oh. so that's real acting. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Sucks. B. Arthur was a that was a spinoff of Archie Bunker. Maud. That's where I was getting I that knew from. We were not totally stupid uh-huh. there. All right. That's all for the real world. By my outline, we'd go to script. Script deviations. <laughs> uh, I don't have any. There, I couldn't find this online. There's nothing really to talk about. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. On to the next segment. <laughs> Rate it, Caleb. Rate the fucking scheme. Rate that scheme. Well, the Autobots did have a plan, and Spike's dad was a consummate he did really good in this. Honestly, like good making director. them honor. Also, they didn't give Spark Plug a medallion. Yeah, Spark Plug. <laughs> he was, did it all. <laughs> yeah, I would say Spark Plug, like, actually is one of the uh, underrated heroes of this episode. Um, I would say the scheme is a, a decent scheme. But the funny thing is, is the reason it worked out so well is because Spark Plug was leading it and not Optimus Prime. Yeah, I was. That's where if I Optimus, got. To... If Optimus would have been in charge of this, it would have gone to fucking shit really quick. Yeah, that's where I got to it. Where it's like he should have been an honorary Autobot, but that would have been like downgrading him. Right. He should have been an honorary right. Autobot leader. Yeah. The weird thing about this is they grab the Cybertonium, they get back, they heal all the Autobots, but I what, guess eventually the Decepticons... Yeah, that's yeah. not... Yeah. Yeah, what about this? How did it... How you think they, get... they... If they really wanted to get clever, they could have planted a bomb and then left it behind to blow up the space bridge after Me- they got Megatron's back. still laying on the floor somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, once you guys get healed, maybe now the Decepticons are incapacitated, go get them. Yeah. I would say this is their time to shine. And get them. But we all know they don't take initiative. They so. don't. They right. don't. No. They just give out medallions. <laughs> <laughs> They'd spent time making these medallions while the Decepticons yeah. got their Cybertonium. All right. So, okay. We can... We can... I am the ghost of the iconic moment! <laughs> you know, I will say for me, it was the Laserdisc documentary. That was yeah. my favorite part by far. I agree. I also love seeing Swoop get a lot of screen time and, and uh, spending time with him. If I had to pick another one, I, I do like, for some reason, uh, re- and remember the, um, the transit system, them flying around. <laughs> you are obsessed with this tube system. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can... What? No, I'm just, you're, you're, oh. you're calling me out on being obsessed with something, Mr. Dinobot. <laughs> he called you Mr. Dinobot. How, what did. is your retort, good sir? I shut my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Faced. 
more of Cybertron being exposed. Show me your tits, Cybertron. Put them on the Cybertron glass. Cybertron gone wild. <laughs> <laughs> Next time on the Autobot is We're going to skip an episode in the production timeline. And speaking of timeline, a small crew of cons and bots are going to find their way to the 6th century where dragons are real and Stanley Tucci casts a magic spell <laughs> shit. on Huzz- your heart. Huzzah! On your heart. <laughs> Indeed. If you'd like to support us, you can do it in one of two ways via Patreon or by purchasing some merch at our APDC store. Check out the goods at our website, autopoddecepticast.com or patreon.com slash apoddecast. And if you're an Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn user, keep, keep fucking listening. Share it with your friends. If they show even a, a mild interest in robotics, Aliens, cartoons, oxygen. You know how to use that button. Five stars, please. Follow us on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at APODDCast. And you can visit the aforementioned autopoddecepticast.com. What are you going to put up there, Ryan? uh, One more night. Golden Girls. Golden Golden Girls. Girls. Uh, The whole, (laughs) probably that whole section of the Laserdisc documentary from the episode. It's so good. Anything else? No. Stanley Tucci. That's for next episode. Gotcha. Wait for it. Bath, bath bombs. Oh, yeah. I'll put up pictures of that in the recipe. Cool. I am not convinced anybody reads or looks at them, but... They're there for posterity. <laughs> they exist. Mm-hmm. It's a recorded history of the Autopod Decepticast. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Goodbye. Good episodes. is the sponsor of Autopod Decepticast. Yes, 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 yes.